of you are excited that it is a new year? Just raise your hands. This is actually a test to make sure you're still awake on this New Year's Day. And I, I'm, you know, I'm excited, you know, and there's something about a new year. And with that is kind of that, that mental preparation that this really is kind of a, a benchmark, new start. Yeah, it's just a calendar date, ultimately. Is it really anything truly new? I don't know. I mean, we'd like to think it is, right? And I, I think about a year ago, uh, a new year meant some pretty big life changes for me. And we, we did a Biggest Loser Challenge here on our staff. We're going to do it again this year, and you've probably heard me talk about that. Not to belabor that, but it was a big change. Eating better, uh, working out more often, feeling better about a lot of things. And um, I, I made it as far as March, and, and I was feeling pretty good. And I, I just had this idea. The weather was starting to change, and I thought, I'm in better shape now. I want to get back to riding a, my road bike again like I did years ago. I mean, it had been 20-some years since I was riding actively. And I thought, man, I, I want to get riding again. And I went out in the garage, and I took my bike down, and I'm staring at this thing, and I, this thing is 30 years old. It weighs a ton. Back in its day, it was a really sweet racing bike. It's not anymore, right? And, and you know what my thoughts were? I need something new. But I couldn't afford anything new. But I could afford something old that was new to me. And, and so I went on Craigslist, and I started searching that night. It was about 10 o'clock at night, and one of the first ads that came up was a 2009 Cannondale carbon fiber road bike. It's beautiful. And from the pictures, I'm like, I'm starting to salivate. I'm like, that's my new bike, and it's the right size. And, and I, I thought, well, what's the harm? I'll just send an email. I'm interested. And the very next day, I come to find out it's mine if I want it. Now, I'm looking at the price, too, and, and I'm thinking, a few hundred dollars for this would have been a couple thousand dollar road bike in its day. And I'm thinking, this is amazing. This is too good to be true. And I had all these dreams of it was going to be mine. But I, I did my research. I emailed friends and others that I knew, knew about these things. And they said, well, just be careful that the frame isn't cracked. That was number one. Number two is make sure all the components, you know, the gears and the brakes, everything is working well and that the wheels are are good because the last thing you want is to think you're getting a great deal only to find out you got to spend a lot of money uh, to fix it up. And I'm, well, that makes sense. That's fair. So the day came. I went to pick this thing up, had cash in hand. I took it for a test drive around the parking lot. I'm like, this is awesome, and gave the money, got home, and, and it was a few days before I could go on a real ride. And I finally did, and I got about 10 miles from home, and it happened. Clink, 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 bam! And I looked down, and the chain had not only come off, but it snapped against the carbon fiber frame and, and took this chunk of finish off the frame. Like, no! My new bike, right? I came to realize as I analyzed the situation, I was going to upgrade the componentry, the gears, the brakes. I wanted something new. And over the next 
month or so on the internet and working through. I sold a lot of the stuff I had, and I found a way to get all brand new componentry. So I've got this new-to-me bike with all brand new components. And the day I got it back from the bike shop after everything had been installed, I had it in my garage, took it off my car, and I wanted to adjust it to fit just perfectly for me, my new bike. And as I'm doing so, looking at the brand new carbon fiber pedals that I bought and, and the new cranks and the new gears, the new brakes and everything just current and perfect and new and brand new. And it, it happened that as I was adjusting a few things, standing on the bike, clicked into the pedals, holding my balance on the car and, and, and trying to figure out how to adjust something, I lost my balance, fell over in the garage, hit the pavement hard, and I don't care if I was hurt, more importantly, the bike was scratched. In fact, everything on the left side of the frame that had just been installed, the pedals, the brand new handlebar tape was all scratched, scuffed, and I'm thinking, but it was brand new. I got to go for a ride. I get on the, on the bike and I'm, I'm shaking, but I got to ride this out. I ride out of the neighborhood three blocks away, went to turn around in a parking lot as I'm looking down, still staring at these scratches. I look up and to my horror, I slam on the brakes as fast as I can because I was about to hit a curb. And I lost my balance and fell on the right side. I'm not making this up. That which was new wasn't new anymore. And I wish that was my worst story. I really do. But I have stories of things in life that were handed to me that were brand new, a new beginning, a new start, something fresh, and I royally messed it up. And I've got lots of stories like that, and so do you. Opportunities in life, circumstances, relationships, healing, new perspectives, new beginnings, maybe a new job, new situations, and you're all excited, something new. And then you mess it up. And you're like, now what? I think there's something about a new year that brings promise for a lot of people, the hope of a new start. But there's also a cynicism, I think, that goes with a lot of us saying, yeah, but how did that work for me last year? Because we know ourselves. We know our habits. We know our tendencies. We know our longings for something new. But there's a part of us that also realizes reality often sets in very quickly. Things that are new don't stay new very long. If that weren't enough... I think a lot of times what happens is we want something that is new, but what we want is all of our circumstances to be new and change, and we want people around us to change and be new and change their attitudes and change how they live, or, or we want our circumstances maybe financially to change and be different and new. We, we maybe want a, a career changes to happen and be new and everything to be good and, and happy and the fact is, we really don't want to change ourselves. We don't want to be made new, even though we want everything around us to be made new. I got a hunch that's kind of what Jesus was getting at when we read Luke 5. That gospel reading, and, and where Jesus talks about, you would never take 
a brand new shirt. So that, anybody get a shirt for Christmas? Now, can you imagine getting out your old shirt out of the drawer and realizing, oh, the, the elbow's worn out. I think I'll cut a piece out of my brand new shirt to patch it. You wouldn't do that. And Jesus says, you wouldn't do that. Silly. And, and he adds on to it because these were the, when Jesus is speaking this, it's the days before pre-shrunken fabrics, right? And, and, and he says, you know, if you did that, the first time you wash that old shirt with the new patch on it, the patch is going to shrink and it's going to cause a tear. It's crazy. You wouldn't do that. It's going to make it worse than it was before you started. Jesus says a similar thing is true, you know, with in those days they'd put wine into leather pouches or wineskins, they call them, and if you put new wine into a new wineskin, it, it, uh, it would stretch as the wine fermented. And Jesus makes the point that you don't put new wine in an old wineskin that's already been stretched out because if you do, it's going to burst. It's going to make a mess. And his point being is, you know, when God provides something new, and if we're unwilling to change and we come to God and say, I want you to change everything. But meanwhile, our hardness of heart and our unwillingness to be moved and changed and made new, there's going to be a problem. <laughs> Jesus says our tendency is when given the opportunity to choose the new or the old, if it's about ourselves, we're going to choose the old. And maybe that's been your experience. And it's caused many messes. And so we come to a new year. And we need hope. Is there possible renewal in our future? I want to just take a few moments today, and we're going to walk through Scripture because I'm convinced of this, that when God talks about renewal and true renewal, not that's just on the surface and on the outward appearances, but something that truly permeates to who we are as people, that is really life-changing, that, that says, God, I'm tired of messing it up, and I'm tired of just going through the motions of another new year, hopeful, when a God is here to say, but I want to impact what's inside of you. And, and by that I mean, we're going to see how God talks about renewal of heart and a renewal of our minds that also connects then with a renewal of life. And uh, let's, let's just take a walk together through that. I want to open up first the Old Testament and a, a renewal of heart. From Psalm 51, verse 10, and, and the context here is, David, King David, the man after God's own heart, whose story plays out to do what we would never expect in one who is after God's own heart. David's falls really far from God to, to turn from God and, and commit adultery and, and to be unfaithful and, and then to even commit murder and, and to go on and try to hide it and pretend everything was fine. David, talk about outward circumstances looking fine. And yet, inwardly, he was a mess. And finally, he's confronted with his sin. And now we're dealing with the heart as he's honest before God in his confession. He says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. David's recognition of his brokenness, but also a realization of who has the ability to really bring about renewal. It's not him. It's not him pretending everything's okay. It's not him just going through the motions and, and expecting everyone else to change and fall into place and order. No, David realizes that renewal is needed right there. And a God who can recreate and create in us a pure heart, a clean heart, uh, 
and renew a, a steadfast spirit within us. How about the next one? Look at another verse from Ezekiel 36, one of my favorites. God's promise to his people of what God is capable of. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow. Yet we come here today, and, and a lot of us, we know how messed up our hearts are. And we know how selfish we've been, expecting everyone else to change and, and circumstances to be renewed. And there's been this stubbornness in us. And a God who says, what are you doing? <laughs> I've come that you truly might be changed. And a God who functions on the heart level. And think about that. A heart transplant kind of God who says, I'm going to give you a new heart. Some of you know what it is to have a heart that's wearing out. Some of you got pacemakers to keep you going. You, you understand heart stuff. And a God who comes among us, not to just keep us going, but to give us truly a new start, a new pure heart. He does that by the power of being almighty God and a God who fulfills his promise to his people. A new heart, heart of flesh, a heart of stone that's replaced with his heart and moved by his spirit to follow. Maybe you're longing for that new heart today. But maybe what's getting in the way too is your mind. Because maybe you've known, hey, God loves me, he forgives me, he's promised me a new heart, but your mind gets in the way. Because you say, how can that be true? And, and maybe what's in the way is all the things you think about, your unwillingness to be able to let go of your mistakes and your failings and, and the times where you have sinned and rebelled and rejected God. And that just haunts you. You think and realize where you have been with your life. And maybe it's this past year. Maybe it was just yesterday. And you're overwhelmed with guilt and shame today. Or a marriage that's broken and, and, and others maybe who have hurt you very personally, or relationships and friendships that have been severed, and, and, or children that aren't in your life anymore, or parents that you don't talk to anymore because your mind won't allow it because they hurt you. What would God say about renewal of mind today? Let's see. Isaiah 43. God reminds us, just say it with me, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Oh, I love that promise. A God who invites us to forget. You're like, but how do I do that? I can't do that. I just can't forget. And God says, trust me in this. Forget. Rather than focusing on the past and meditating on that, notice what he invites us to meditate on, on the new thing he is doing in our life today. A God of renewal. A God who takes the, the minds, the, the, the memories of the past, and he reconfigures them to be focused on today and tomorrow and the realities of a God who is a, a renewing God in our presence. Or in our, and a God who has a, an amazing desire to change your thought life. That rather than resonating on all the problems and all the struggles and all the pain, to be able to forgive and have a new perspective, forget the former things. A God who is doing something new today. 
Paul writes about that in the New Testament too when he says this in Romans 12, verse 2. Read this with me. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. What an amazing thought here to think that not only that God invites us not to be overwhelmed by the world and focused on all the problems of our world, but rather be transformed in the renewing of our mind. How does that happen? It happens in the presence of His Word. It happens in times of worship. It happens when we spend time being encouraged in God's presence. God renews our minds. And with that comes an incredible promise. That God reorientates our minds to think about His will. Where we start to see things through the lens of God's love and presence in our life. Where we suddenly see things differently. Because we see, God, what is your will for my life rather than what I want my will to be made in your life, God? <laughs> I, I remember years ago right, reading this story. Um, Max Lucado wrote about a shopping experience. Maybe you've heard me share this before. He, he went to buy a new bike for his son, who was of, at, a, at an age where he was getting a big boy bike, and it just so happened he brought his younger daughter, who was like three years old, along on this shopping trip, and, and you're just thinking, this is not going to go well, right? And, and they get to the bike shop, and all these beautiful bikes, and, and his son picks up this really just great bike, perfect for him, perfect size, and everything's all set. And, and meanwhile, he looks over, and his daughter is throwing a tantrum in the store, hanging on to this big girl bike that is like eight million times too big for her. And, and she's not even able, hardly able to ride a tricycle at this point in her life. And she wants this two-wheeled, large mountain bike, and she's grabbing a hold of it, crying, saying, I want this one. I want this one. So as a loving dad, what did he do? He bought it for her, right? No. <laughs> he, he was a parent, and he said no. And why? Because he loved her enough to say no. For her to have that kind of bike, it would hurt her. It, it's too big for her. She's not ready for it. She doesn't know what she's asking for. Maybe you've been coming into this new year and you're asking God for all these things and God's saying, I love you too much to say yes. Because maybe our will is different than God's will. And the more we spend time in a God who renews our minds, God calms us into a place through his word and his presence and his spirit to begin to see and think, Lord, what is your will and your will being done? That gets exciting because we start to see the adventure of a new year through the lens of knowing God is going to work in us his will according to his plan and his timing. And it might be different than what we thought before. Praise God because God's doing what only he can do to renew not only our hearts but also our minds, which then, of course, leads then to a new life, right, in God's presence. I love this verse and reminder, Galatians 2, verse 20. Let's read this together. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's one of my favorite verses, and 
just that reminder that it's not about trying to become more and more like Jesus and, and, and forcing ourselves to, to be good people, that that's what God's will is. No, it's actually about dying to self. And it's about daily saying, Lord, uh, according to my sinful, broken self, uh, I'm dead. I need life and I need renewal. And that renewal that he gives through Christ, the one who goes the way of the cross, dies in my place and rises to new life to give me that faith relationship with him. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. And the son of God who loves me gave himself for me. Christ lived out through our lives. That's a pretty powerful renewal of life when we realize Christ's righteousness is our righteousness. His grace is our grace today. His mercy is our mercy. We live life as a life of Christ to our families, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to people in our lives that really bug us, but with a new heart and a new mind and a new life, a new perspective. Not only that, but also this great verse we read earlier. Let's read this one, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And what a gift that is to celebrate today in a new beginning of a new year. I'm going to ask Trevor to come up, and he wrote a song that really brings this all together. And I'd ask you to just simply reflect on what we've just learned together through God's Word in His presence today. We'll come back and pray in just a moment. Worldly things 
falling short of your grace we thank heaven for your mercy I move today God, we thank you that renewal is not about the calendar. It is about each and every day. And to know that your faithfulness, your love, your, your desire to bring renewal in our hearts, and our minds, and ultimately in our lives that goes beyond surface level. Lord, it goes to the heart of all that we are as a God who comes near to us as Savior and Lord. And to be Lord over all, everything in our life, Lord, we we, we humbly come before you today and ask your renewal in your presence today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for a new beginning each and every day. As we die to self, for the Lord Jesus, as you live in us, may we have joy. This is a good day and a great new year. In Jesus' name, amen.